Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, April 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Global markets closed out a brutal first quarter of trading yesterday. On Wall Street, the 20% decline since the start of the year marks the biggest drop since the 2008 financial crisis. But as equity markets are hurting, investors are looking to safe haven assets, especially the U.S. dollar. The FT's Jillian Tett will unpack the Federal Reserve's latest step to meet the global demand. The Fed appears to be acting with extraordinary amount of freedom. In fact, you might call it a rare example of American multilateralism, but without all the drama. Meanwhile, yesterday, Donald Trump warned of a very painful two weeks ahead, citing new projections that up to 240,000 Americans will die from the virus, even in the best-case scenario. There were about 857,000 confirmed cases around the world at the time of this recording. And the rise in registered cases means that people are getting access to tests, something the FT science editor Clive Cookson says is crucial to track the spread of the disease. Plus, we'll have the rest of today's headlines. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. In recent weeks, the value of the U.S. dollar has risen sharply as investors have flocked to safe assets. Companies have shored up dollars, too, as they try to offset the blow to revenues from economic shutdowns. And yesterday, the Federal Reserve took a new step to meet the global demand for dollars. The FT's Gillian Tett explains. Well, essentially what's going on right now is an astonishing dash for cash, and not any old cash, but dollar cash. And there's several reasons for that. The first is that the global supply chains, on which we've all come to depend so much, are primarily dollar-based. About 80% of the financing that underpins it is denominated in dollars, at least. And what you're seeing is basically a very slow, daisy chain of defaults along those supply chains, which are causing companies to draw down credit lines, try and raise dollars however they can. And at the same time, you're seeing some big borrowers, particularly in China, needing dollars. You've got the Japanese banks, which tend to deal a lot with dollars typically, facing their financial year end at the end of this month. And that's caused them to tidy up their balance sheets. So right across the world, you have a dash for dollars. And unfortunately, it's been very hard for the central banks in the different jurisdictions to actually satisfy that demand. And speaking of central banks, what did the Federal Reserve do on Tuesday to address this problem? Well, the Federal Reserve announced a new temporary facility for foreign and international monetary authorities, or FIMA, F-I-M-I-A, as it's called, which essentially allows foreign banks and other international organizations to go to the Fed with any treasuries they hold and swap them for dollars. Now, it's done that for a long time with domestic U.S. private sector institutions, And in the past, it's helped out other foreign central banks through currency swaps, where essentially a central bank might be sitting on, say, yen and swap that for dollars. But it's now essentially saying that you can take treasuries in other financial institutions, bring them to the Fed and get a ready supply of greenbacks at any time, which can then be lent on to the domestic banks in different home markets. Now, how does this compare to some of the other actions that the Federal Reserve has taken recently? What does this mean? Well, essentially, what the Fed's doing right now is a very bold action, which signals that it is determined to maintain global financial stability and to collaborate very closely with other central banks around the world. 
And in some ways, that's quite surprising that it's managed to do that so quickly and with so little domestic criticism, because in the aftermath of the 2008 crisis, there were some figures who'd been involved in that crisis, like Hank Paulson or Ben Bernanke or Timothy Geithner, who feared that the Fed might actually face more, not less opposition to doing really great things in the next crisis. That was partly because of the post-2008 reforms, but also because Donald Trump's policy of America first seemed to suggest that the Fed would not be able to cut all these deals with foreign central banks. Test, test, test. That's the key message from the World Health Organization in the face of the global pandemic. Testing for the virus is important on two levels. For the individual, if someone gets tested and find out they have coronavirus, they can receive care and isolate themselves so they don't spread the disease. And then there's the benefit of health authorities and governments. The more people who are tested, the easier it becomes to trace the path of the pandemic and know how many people are infected. But these simple goals continue to elude some of the wealthiest countries. I talked to the FT science editor, Clive Cookson. There have indeed been huge differences in how quickly countries introduced and ramped up testing. So I think in both the US and the UK, the slow ramp up was because in the US CDC, in the UK, Public Health England tried to centralise it too much. Now contrast that with Germany and South Korea, who ramped up much more quickly. They had a much more decentralised system. They brought in tests which were properly validated from elsewhere. They brought in the private sector. And certainly in South Korea, mass testing hundreds of thousands of people, telling them if they were positive within a day and tracing their contacts certainly, I think, helped South Korea flatten the curve of the epidemic in that country quite successfully. So, Clive, most of us are familiar with the antigen test. That's the long swab that's put inside the nose. What still needs to be done in terms of advancing the test, if that's even possible? Or what can countries do more of when it comes to administering the test so this can all be effective? There is now a huge number of private companies that are developing the sort of antigen test we've been talking about. Quicker, faster, slimmer, sleeker. I would like to say something, though, Mark, about what comes next, and that's antibody testing. Antigen testing is about whether the virus is active in an individual. Antibody testing is about whether the individual's immune system has responded to past infection. And if we can find antibodies that show past infection but continued immunity, that'll be immensely useful because people who've been infected in the past and are still immune, those people can go back to work with impunity because they won't get infected and they won't spread the disease either. The antibody test has had to be developed from scratch and governments are now just evaluating the different possibilities. And in other news, U.S. President Donald Trump is set to suspend some tariffs. The possible 90-day suspension of tariff payments would only include certain imports, including some apparel and light trucks. Corporate America has been putting more and more pressure on the Trump administration to consider tariff relief to blunt the economic damage from coronavirus. 
But the economic effect will be limited. Mr. Trump isn't pausing tariff payments on a broader range of imports, including the ones he imposed during the nearly two-year trade war with China. Lloyd's, RBS, Barclays, HSBC, Santander, and Standard Chartered. The UK's largest lenders said they would cancel their dividends for 2019. And they would refrain from setting cash aside for investor payouts this year. This came after the Bank of England's supervisory arm, the Prudential Regulation Authority, made a formal request for banks to cancel dividends. The BOE threatened to use supervisory powers if banks didn't comply with its recommendation. But while they avoided formal action by Britain's top regulator, they will have to answer to shareholders. Last year's payouts from the six banks were worth £7.5 billion. And low- and middle-income countries are scrambling to find funds to ward off the impact of coronavirus. In the past few weeks, 85 countries have approached the International Monetary Fund for short-term emergency assistance. That's about double the number that reached out to the IMF in the immediate aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. A mix of capital outflows, falling oil prices, and a collapse in tourism revenues have hit these countries particularly hard. Last week, IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva said a conservative end estimate of what these economies needed would total $2.5 trillion. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. And one more thing before we go. Today, you can join our economics editor, Chris Giles, in conversation with Martin Wolf, Lord Adair Turner, and Rain Newton-Smith about what policymakers can do to avert a global economic emergency. It'll take place online starting at 4 p.m. British summertime. It's free to attend and will include polling as well as an audience Q&A session. Register online at live.ft.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.